Hi everyone, my name is Lisa Welsh, and you're listening to Microgreens. For growers and consumers. That's right, you heard me. I'm talking about microgreens. What are those things? Oh, they're super nutritious, super healthy, great, great, great vegetables. Basically, it's a way of growing vegetables that we do not commonly do in this country. So we grow vegetables to full size. I guess you'd call it full size, because what else are you going to call it? We grow it to full size, we harvest it, we bring it to the store, and we eat it. We consume it. That is what we do here. And what we do as microgreen growers is we grow it from a seed. We let it grow for 7 to 10 days, or 21 days, if it's a, a certain crop. And then we, we chop it, we cut it, we eat it at that stage. Why? Because it has more nutrients than it does at the other stages. And it's good for you. So if it's good for you, it's good for you, it's good for you. That's why. So now we got that out of the way, just in case anybody new is listening. Um, I thought I'd just touch base with you guys and say hi and tell you what's new. I've done a few episodes on perlite, which is probably weird. Um, but it's important to kind of look at all the things that affect our growing. Our lights, our soil, our substrates, our seeds, where we get our seeds. Um, all these factors, they all make a difference. Um, right now we got the war going on in Ukraine and sunflower seeds to me, their product is, yeah, substandard right now. So I'm currently not growing any sunflowers. Why? Because it's my choice. You know, we all have choices to make when we have a business. Some choices are easy. Some choices are hard. Really hard. Like, what do you do if you start to feel like you're in over your head and you want out of your business? How do you know? Do you sell it? Do you just shut it down? If you sell it, what can you sell it for? And who would be willing to pay for it? And what exactly do you sell? If you just shut it down, how does that work? Better call an accountant. For real, because I honestly don't know the answer to those questions. Um, just saying some things that I've seen some people go through lately. And some conversations that I've had with other growers um, as they told me that they were shutting down. Now, some people might say... Oh, they shut down because they weren't trying hard enough. Oh, they shut down because they weren't good enough on this level or that level. No, sometimes people just shut down because at the end of the day, I may want to grow microgreens, but I got to feed my family. So their needs come before everybody else's. And so that's just all we do. We try to do the best we can with what we have as all humans. I'm super excited. There's a new book out by my favorite author, author, um, which is Mr. Malcolm Gladwell. And he's one of my favorite authors because you can't predict his books. Just like Chuck Palahniuk. Who's that? Fight Club. Think Fight Club. Think about a lot more great books that he wrote. Never turned into movies. Well, Choke did, which was kind of a crazy movie. Um, but he also did Survivor. And that was a movie, but because of 9-11, they never released it. There you go. All the things you never knew you wanted to know. So... I figured you guys might want some direction. What do you do if that happens? How do you know how to assess and put a fair market dollar on your business? I mean, it's complicated because there's a lot of factors at play. I mean, if you have a SEO and you get a lot of good results, do you get to value your companies more? I mean, probably. The other thing is, what if you come up with a product? Like, the one thing that's been tying me up lately, swear to goodness, is NDAs. Now, NDAs are a great thing. I love them. I promise you. I think you should sign one before you talk to anybody about anything all the time. 
course, I run my mouth about all types of things. But I don't actually usually tell anyone every single thing unless, well, unless I want to help them or unless I have an NDA. Why? Well, because unfortunately, a lot of farmers are kind of standoffish, right? I mean, most of you have experienced it, I'm sure. A farmer won't work with you. They won't talk to you. They think you're up to no good. They don't understand what you're doing. This, that, and the next thing. A lot of farmers have been had ideas stolen from them. They've had um, customers stolen. And they just, I think, after a while they get tired of it. So they just kind of become more reclusive. Um, I don't necessarily think it's a great idea. But I can understand it. I can respect it for what it is. And I hope you can too. Because, well, I may wish that they would be more forthcoming with their information. I completely can respect why they wouldn't be. If they've had a bad experience, you'd be a little more guarded. I mean, like, if you have a bad breakup, your next relationship, you're more guarded. You're not as easily willing to trust or anything. And that's pretty much normal human behavior. So, the question is, what do you do when you have to make all these choices? And these choices affect other people, you know? So... I've had to deal with a few NDAs. Now here's a tip for NDAs. If, you're, if you've got something that's special and unique and people are calling you and they want to talk to you, that's great and well, but they want to talk to you about your products and maybe making other products or collaborating with them on products, also well, as long as you have an NDA. An NDA should take place, in my opinion, as soon as the first call is over with. First call says, hi, I'm George Smith and I want to talk to you about X, Y, and Z and you are blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to talk to you about Z, Y, and X. And is that good? And you say yes, yes. And then they say, I'll sign over an NDA before either one of us say any more. You sign the form. And here's the thing. Even if it's just the next phone call. And he's like, well, I want to make whatchamajiggits and thingamajugs. And you're like, yeah, but I already made my own whatchamajiggits and thingamajugs and I don't need you. So then you're like, this isn't a good partnership. we got to cut it off. But at least you're able to do it with your own integrity, your own peace of mind and guess what they can't steal your idea so I mean it's not a lot of protection but it's a little bit of protection and if you're a small farmer you probably don't have the money to have all these things patented and all this different stuff so do yourself some justice give yourself a poor man's copyright and trust the process well some people will try to always steal somebody who has a great ideas information because they want to get rich and sometimes it's not about how great your product is. I can have a superior product than everyone else on the market. If I can't market it, it's nothing. It's crap. That sucks. So, the one thing is, you gotta try to be good at a lot of different things. Especially when you have value-added products. Or different products. So, I hope that you guys will all kind of listen to me when I say, if you're talking to somebody and... You have your own idea, which is different from their idea. Uh, you better ask for an NDA. And you better sign an NDA if you want someone to talk to you. And don't get all butthurt. Thinking, oh, they don't trust me? They don't know you. Heck, I don't know half of y'all. I mean, I know a lot of you. But, I mean, do I know you well enough to trust you? Like, would I give you my, like, keys to my house and tell you to go on in there and leave, like, $50,000 in there in cash and be like, whatever? Heck no. Not to none of you. No offense. I don't know nobody like that. I wouldn't even let my kid do that. <laughs> uh-huh. 
by nature, I'm definitely suspicious of all people at all times. But, um, that just comes from my own experience. With certain ideas, I don't believe in keeping them to yourself. I believe that knowledge is power and knowledge should be freely given. I do believe that at a core. But, while I believe that at a core, I also understand that I have a business. And there are some things that my business is capable of doing that other people maybe aren't aware of yet or aren't doing that I can use to serve my bigger advantage would be taking care of my family and helping the growers grow. So, if I can put my financial situation in a different pot, then I open myself up to be more with my potential customers and the people in my family. There's no going wrong there. So, I recommend you talk to someone about your business, get an NDA, you sign an NDA, have a second conversation. It doesn't work into anything, it's fine. The NDA doesn't make a promise of anything other than another conversation. So, what if you want to sell your business? How do you sell your farm? Um, I mean, it's kind of hard, right? A lot of places will have you... Um, a lot of places where you would look for resources on that are more or less like big places where you're talking about several thousand acres or hundreds of acres um and that's a lot you also have the some people who believe that uh they have hobby farms if you will call them that i guess that's what you call them hobby farms where um yeah they're just seen as a hobby and not necessarily seen as anything that produces anything now did you know to be considered a farm actually i should know what that is um, there's a there's a rule that says um, to how you know your farm is a farm or a hobby farm. Um, it's based on income, I believe. Let's see here. Hang on, you're gonna hang on with me because why not? We're not doing anything here, and I'll still keep it to the same time frame. But then I have to talk so fast. Ooh, calm down, breathe. <laughs> okay. Um, ah, okay. So, for clarification, a hobby farm is a small holding or a small farm whose maintenance is without expectation of being a primary source of income. Aha! Uh -huh. A commercial farm is a type of farm in which both crops and livestock are for business use only. It is the modernized method of agriculture undertaken on a large scale. Huh. So, meaning, if you have a microgreens business and you also have a job, then you do not have a farm, you have a hobby farm. Because your main source of income comes from your primary job. That's interesting. Hmm. Huh. Well, I knew there was something to it. So now you know um, what's going on. Oh, and it also says a hobby farm is usually considered to be around 30 acres or less. They also reside in a single location. Although small, your typical homeowner's policy will not cover, will not provide adequate coverage, just in case you wanted to know about insurance. So, that's what you need to know. Um, oh yeah, see? Yeah, basically they consider hobby farms to be part-time, while commercial farms are full-time. Hobby, far hobby farms bring in less than $10,000 annually. Oh good, that is no money. Why would you even do it at that price? Like a waste of your time, but anyhow, um, so we're definitely not a hobby farm. 
would be nice, maybe, not to do $10,000 a year, because I would not understand the purpose of that then. Um, but you have to just stick with it. Now, the whole point was, I was going somewhere before this happened in my head. Oh, how to know what your farm is worth. Um, so, there's, of course, you would call your accountant if you have one. Um, and that's who I called um, to see what she would say our house was worth and what we thought we could sell it for. Um, so basically you just want to get the right people by your side. And if you have land, you want to call a broker or real estate agent, you want to have them help you. That's what their job is to do. I mean, you do give them a percentage of your sales. So therefore you better make them work for it. Don't do all the work yourself, but be smart enough to always know when you're not being taken care of properly. Meaning always be smart enough to uh, burn down the house, but never actually burn down the house. Always have the knowledge with you. And make sure it's never needed. That's how you always stay ahead. I think. So you guys have a wonderful day. I'm out of here. I forgot what I was going to talk about. I remember for next episode. I think it was about how you price your farm. Basically, find a group of people. Do it together. Use an accountant. Check on some books. Make sure you're right. Because part of it is just it's uh, you discern it. So when you have your own discernation in it, it can be variable. So you have to figure out how you're going to manage that. So again, have a great day. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.